But spiritually, I think, I personally think that it's a weird place. We, we came across, we dealt with quite a few people over the weekend, and really there, there are, there's a lot of work for those guys to do. They are, they are working hard, so please pray for them. But honestly, I'm really glad to be back in Brackenfell this morning. I don't know if you often hear that, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just a bit of an update. Uh, it's got a bit squashed, but we were away last weekend, as you know, in Hermanus. And this weekend coming back, coming up, we'll be in, in Nelspreet. Patty and I, <clears throat> 25 years ago, we actually planted a church there. And they've asked us to come back and to actually be at the opening of their new building. And that new building... <laughs> I want to cry when I think about this. But we started with four people, and they're now accommodating two and a half to 3,000. It was amazing. And then after that, the weekend after that, we'll be in Benoni, which is another church we led for 14 years. But we are going for a, a leadership equipping time. Uh, actually, an equipping time, not leadership. Regional equip. That's my secretary. It's a 412 event, yes. It's not just Jen. Um, we, we, brought, we actually brought our church, which is now called City on a Hill, into 412. We were a part of another movement, and we actually brought them into uh, 412. And they've just done so well since they've been up there and growing in God. But I want to carry on from where I left off last time. I spoke about the fact that uh, the battle that is facing us is not necessarily our battle, but it's God's battle. And we actually sang that this morning. God will fight for us. Another one is, maybe the battle facing us is ours to fight. And I want to look at that this morning. The battle may be somebody else's to fight. We don't fight battles that are not ours. Just a, a prime example, and I'm not for or against, the vaccine. If people decide to have it or they decide not to have it, that's not our battle. We don't fight with them and say, this is right, this is wrong. No, that's their, their decision in God what they want to do. And sometimes there are battles that we don't even need to fight. They are just a distraction. And when I, in my early walk with the Lord, I often found myself fighting battles that weren't mine to fight. I was everybody's champion. I was going to do it for everybody. And you know what? It actually wears you out. You've got to find your place in the, in, the, in the place that you are fighting what you need to fight and not what you want to fight. So I'm going to look at the, the weapons that God has given us. And we've, we've probably sung all of them this morning already. And you, you may have noticed we've, we've done a slightly different today. We've done some worship. <clears throat> 
which we've encouraged the kids to be involved in. Now we're going to hear the preaching and the children have gone out. And then we're going to come back and have worship again. And during that time, I'm trusting whatever I've spoken about or other stuff that God is going to draw a response out of us. That we're going to say, yes, that's, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be involved in. That's how I want to fight. I don't want to be fighting battles that are not ours. So every weapon that God has given us, it's powerful, it's effective, and available to every single one of us. There's no specialist in the kingdom of God. I know sometimes when we have a particular problem, we go to a particular person because we believe they can handle it. But I want to tell you, every single weapon that I'm going to speak about is actually available to you as a saint of God, to you as someone who has surrendered their life to Christ. We've got to learn how, they, how we use them and when we use them. We have to do it. Our battle never, if you find yourself Battling against people, flesh and blood, it's not your battle. Because the word says we don't fight flesh and blood, we fight principalities and powers. So when you get angry with someone, you need to fight the spirit behind that. Because often people are motivated by the wrong spirits and then we need to respond to that. And so there are many more than these, but these are the ones that I felt God give me. The first one, drum roll. <laughs> is the name, you're going to have to bring that thing with you to, that Lane was playing last week. The first one is the name of Jesus. But you know what, guys? Be careful. When we find ourselves in a tough situation or whatever the case is, we start praying the name of Jesus like an incantation almost. We've got to have faith. When we pray with that, yes, Lord, you can do this. It's the very essence of authority that Jesus Christ has given us. So we don't just, oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. No, it needs to be full of faith in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you, there's no one that I know that prays in the name of Jesus more than my wife. She is unbelievable. Uh, we've been almost going to have a car accident. And she'd say, Jesus. She wouldn't even say in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the word says, we'll be saved. And Something happens and we don't end up in an accident. We were in a plane crash. And as we were coming to the end of the runway, going to go over it and down the mountain, Jesus! And miraculously we stopped, wrapped up in a, in a fence, a three-wire bob-wire bob fence that stopped us from going over. Mark 16 and verse 17 and 18, it says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. So who's that? Who believe? Who's that? Put your hand up if you believe. If you don't, 
Put all your hands down. If you don't believe, put your hand up now. I want to pray for you. In my name, they will drive out demons. Guys, when we were in that church in Nelspruit, there was an instance where a young guy fell on the floor, and when I walked past him, he grabbed me by the ankle, and he said, help me. This is the first time I'd experienced this. So I was like, and we've only, the church has only been going about a year. So I thought, whoa. So the guys around me heard this. So they all jumped on this guy. No, 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 They were, and the oak was throwing them all over the place, and he was a skinny little oak. He was like, wing. And I just felt this is an equipping moment. I'm going to train these guys. And so you'll find it funny. I always, when I'm going to get aggressive, say, my friend, my friend. Then I said, no, you're not my friend. <laughs> and as I started to pray, he said in that same voice, I'm the Lord over Nelspreet. I said, no, you're not. Jesus is. And we cast that thing out. Young man, set totally free. And it wasn't all the shouting and screaming. It was just realizing the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. I've done that when I was young. I used to catch snakes and sell them to the snake park. I grew up in Durban. You know the, mo the, the movie, the oak that catches snakes? Drink deadly poison. I haven't done that. Have I done that, babes, without knowing? <laughs> but in, if there was, it won't hurt me. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will get well. Guys, you know what? This can make you despondent. I've prayed for people and they haven't been healed. But then I've prayed for others and they have been healed. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I want to tell you the thing of demons, there's never been one that we can't get rid of. Because that's almost an encounter between God and the devil. And we are just being used so in his name, we'll drive out demons, escape harm, and heal the sick. Acts 4, 29 to 30. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know what? There's, there's one thing that I really can't handle when I'm watching a movie, and it's blasphemy. The other stuff is not lacquer, but as soon as they, there's blasphemy, it's like, ah. Because you know what happens? We become inoculated to the name of Jesus, and it, it becomes something that just everybody uses all the time. And so it loses its power in your life. I want to encourage you, if, if you watch or hear stuff like that, don't listen to it. Turn it off. 
fast forward, don't repent, Patty says. Because you know what? Those movies have made the, the name of Jesus into a swear word. Something that he's given us as a weapon to fight against the enemy, we are now you allowing the devil to, to uh, break it down in our mind because we get so used to using it that we don't use it when we should. And you know what? We need to rise up and reclaim this thing. We need to be some, we, we commit ourselves. We, we sang about it this morning. You can't sing stuff and not do it. They say Christians don't lie, but they sing them. Guys, we've got to do it. Second thing, the blood of the Lamb. We sang about that this morning too. The blood of the Lamb. When I've prayed for someone and there's demonic interference and I've said the name of Jesus and prayed in the name of Jesus, next place I go, if I'm still fighting, it's the blood of Jesus. Because when he died and shed his blood, everything he achieved for himself, he gave to us. Revelation 12 and verse 11. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. In other words, they won because of the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Guys, the devil has no answer to the blood of Christ. I've seen people, we've prayed for them, and they look like everything's okay now. And then you ask them, please repeat this after me. I have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And be ready, because it's going to happen. It will happen. If there's anything there, if there's nothing there, it'll be fine. But be ready. It's, an, it's a powerful mean of establishing the authority of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. A living testimony. You know what? Jesus has done the total work upon the cross. And you know what it is? Like in the Second World War, after Germany had been destroyed... There were troops that had to go in and mop up behind where the guys had pushed them into Germany. So all these guys in Poland and all these, you had these little isolated bunches of, Germany, of Germans that were still fighting. And so the, the troops had to go in and they had to sort those out. And I believe that's where we come in. I believe we are a part of God's mopping up group. Where we find this resistance in places, it's our responsibility to mop up, to advance the kingdom of God. Just a quick one. It's actually not this. What, do you, what is your understanding when I say kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? It 
The kingdom of God you carry in your heart. Wherever you go, the kingdom goes. So we mop up with the kingdom of God in our lives. One thing for sure is whether we are seeking protection or resisting the enemy, listen to this, whether we're seeking protection or resisting the enemy, every single one of these weapons requires our participation. We can't sit back and hope that nothing will happen to us if we're not prepared to rise up and fight. Remember, not flesh and blood. Rise up and fight principalities and powers. You have to do it. Yes, you can go to your leaders and say, please, can you stand with me to pray? And they will stand with you and pray. But let me tell you, when you, they finish praying and you go home, you have to stand up and you have to fight. Is it, babe? Okay, cool. That's good. I'm halfway through the preaching. It's only good now. The word of our testimony. What is the word of our testimony? It's when we live our lives according to the word of God. We can't live our life contrary to the word of God and expect that's a weapon in our life. Whenever we break what God's word says, we're stepping out into a place where we're not a living testimony. And I always say to folk, testimony means it's a test that's becoming a testimony. I don't like to share testimonies far, like people will say, oh, when you got saved, what were you like? It's too long ago, 38 years, I can't remember. But I can tell you what God has done in my life since I've been saved. The changes that he has made. The, our marriage and the way that he's worked. Our, our parenting with the children that we have. You see, all those things, this weekend, those, those things that you, the guys learned about marriage, those are tools that they can use to walk in the fullness of their testimony. And you know what? The word is, I want to say to you, the word is regardless, is true, regardless of feelings. There have been so many times in my life when I've, oh no, man, I can't do this. No. What does the word say? I know it sounds hard, but in Afrikaans, they say, Ruk rech. Is that right? Ruk yourself rech. Or vod vacha. Vacha. What are you actually laughing for? Luke, you can't speak Afrikaans either. So, in the way that you live, your lifestyle is a weapon against the enemy. You know, the first thing I thought about as I was preparing for this was, oh, the, the armor of God. Have you looked at the armor of God? The belt of truth. What is that? Living in truth. All those things in the, the weapons of warfare, all lifestyle issues. 
Revelation 21 and verse 7, it says, uh, those who are victorious, and that word victorious means overcomers, will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So folks, we need to be resisting. We need to be resisting distractions. You know what? When I sit down in the morning and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my time with the Lord, then everything that I can think of starts going through my mind. The lawn needs to be mowed. The, the, um, not many things going through my mind. But anyway, as you know, there are many things that start shooting through your head. I want to tell you that, guys, those are not from God. Take authority over those things. And if you can't, get a pad out, put it in front of you, and just write them out. And then say, I'll come back to that later and sort it out. Now, let's do business with God. Overcome temptations. We've got to overcome things that, that hold us back. There's, there's been times in our marriage when the devil has tried, and I can be honestly truthful and say he hasn't accomplished this, tried to put ladies in between Patty and I. I can understand why. Because they like her. <laughs> but I remember this one lady. She was, she was a pretty lady. And uh, one night at a prayer meeting, she came up to me and she says, I've got this head sitting on me. A head. I said, a head. I said, come, let's go to the room at the back. And I said to Patty, oh, I don't go with ladies. Come, come with me to the room at the back with the lady. And when we went there, the first thing she said is, I want an appointment with you. So I said, speak to Patty. She'll make the appointment. No, no, I just want to have an appointment with you. So I said, come, let me get rid of that head. <laughs> we got rid of the head, but my wife ran out the room because there was a whole lot of stuff happening. And she didn't have a bucket, so she sent another elder's wife in with a bucket. We need to persevere through trials. Guys, if any of you have had children, you'll know that they come under attack. And as parents, we have to fight on their behalf, I believe, and we need to persevere. There, there are instances where, where people have lost their jobs. They've gone through really difficult times, been through depression and uh, all sorts of mental health problems and struggle to cope with them. But you know what? We need to just push forward. I was in a place in my life where I was in severe depression. And in the morning, I'd wake up and I'd, I'd just say, Jesus... You have to hold me today because I can't hold you. But you're a pastor. Can, you can't have depression. I want you to know I had bad depression. I had really bad depression. For like three weeks, I couldn't get out the bed. 
Patty would bring my food and have to feed me, otherwise I wouldn't eat. You've got to persevere. You've got to, I fortunately had a, a godly lady that would speak the word of God. Babes, what about this? And you know what? I don't know how that affected me because it didn't feel like it did, but in the spiritual realm, things happen. The word of our testimony also includes our personal testimony of what you have been through, uh, salvation, God's faithfulness, His ability, His availability, His healing power, His grace. There is so much for us that we can share with people about what God has done in our life, and we don't have to speak about, hey, before I got saved, I did this. Yes, God will use some of you to do that. But we need to have a daily testimony. Hey, Lord, what are you doing today? What are you saying to me today? I want to tell you that when you speak to God and you give Him an opportunity to speak to you, He will speak. I always say it's lips and lifestyle. So it's what we say and what we do. We have to be careful that we don't only say, if I, if I act like a really good person, people will know that I'm a Christian. No, that's not true. You have to open your mouth. You have to speak so that people can hear the Word of God. Haven't you been speaking to someone and they say, Jesus, what do you do? Jesus, oh, you know him too. Or they, good God. Oh, so you, he's done something good for you lately as well. We don't defend. We, we use the opportunity to speak into people's lives. A consecrated life. Not loving our lives unto death. A consecrated life. Willing to lose our lives for Jesus. In Matthew 16 and verse 25, it says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. A life that is permanently laid down, a life that is permanently yielded to Jesus. And you'll know that you're in that place because when there comes, where there, when there comes pressure, you'll see what your response is. My favorite thing is when I'm driving down the road and we have a vehicle full of people pull in front of me and then stop immediately. And people jump out. I really don't like that. Because it's almost causes an accident every time. There's like overtake, oh, that's okay, overtake, whoop, and now he stopped again. How do you respond under pressure? What happens when you are confronted with certain things in your life? 
you know what? You can't be aggressive, but at the same time, you can't stand down. You have to be firm and know that you're not fighting flesh and blood, but you're fighting the spirit behind this thing. A surrendered life always manifests itself in service. The motivation being because Jesus Christ is worthy. Not because I want to earn some uh, points, but Jesus Christ is worthy, and so I make myself available. I want to tell you guys, a consecrated life actually paralyzes the devil. He can't do stuff against you. It's when you open up those little cracks, he'll be in there immediately. uh, Pat, you were sharing about the money that we got. Um, Just before we got it, I was saying to Patty, what is going on here? We've done everything that God has asked us to do. And we are struggling financially. We were about 2,000 rand, not, it was like 2,000 rand where there was no 2,000 rand. And then, as she said, they put the money in the bank. They gave enough so that we could tithe. And I said to Patty, that's the way that God does it. I remember when I, the first time I had a heart attack, I didn't have uh, medical aid. I had, in those days, you could have a medical insurance. So you insured all the different parts of your body. Mainly these parts, yeah, not these parts, yeah. And so my heart was insured, I think it was 40,000 rand. But when they, when they put something in your heart, like I had, a stent, it doubles so instead of 40,000 rand, I got 80,000 rand. And we really needed that 80,000 rand. That's a whole story on its own. The, a weapon that we cannot fight without is the Holy Spirit. It's so funny. Uh, Patty and I have done a bit of deliverance. And so Patty will say, this is how I'm going to go, this is how I'm going to go, that's how I'm going to go. And I'll say to her, babes, this is where I'm going. She'll say, no, that's too hard that. We can't go, just go there. And so we start and we go and we go. But the thing that I realized is we have to go along with what Patty said. Otherwise, they'll never receive what I'm going to bring. And then we get to that place where that has to come, and then I don't even do it anyway. Patty does it, and I was like, yes. And you could see the breakthrough right at that moment. There was a, a total change of, of attitude, and uh, people get into a place of self-pity. They feel sorry for themselves all the time. Don't have self-pity. Self-pity ends up with a victim mentality. But you can't start with, hey, you've got a spirit of self-pity and you've got a victim. No, we have to start somewhere and work our way around and do it in a way that doesn't uh, offend, or, uh, but it, 
we work according to what the Holy Spirit is telling us. But you know what? The devil cannot stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is why often, if something's going to happen, it'll happen during worship. Because as soon as you start worship, the presence of God is there. And people that have a, a problem, not necessarily demonic, but they, there's an issue in their life that God wants to deal with. And when we start to worship, people just generally open up their hearts. Lord, come. I want to encourage you to do that. We're going to finish with worship. Uh, open up your heart and say, Lord, please come. Prayer. We saw that we're going to be having prayer. We need to be involved in prayer privately at home, but also publicly on a Sunday. Because privately we tend to pray for ourselves and our family and those close to us, whereas publicly we come and pray for those outside of our family circle. So please, be a part of that Ignite. A guy by the name of Mervis and Ryan Kingsley is going to head it up and it'll be really good. If you can't be there, register and you Zoom, eh? Yeah. In Mark eleven seventeen, and he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? All nations, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. If, are you thinking, what's God's will for me? Here we go. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Don't you see in that as well, there's a whole lot of worship that happens there. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. That's the thing that I've used over the years is when I've been feeling really down is to get up, read the Word, and begin to give thanks. First of all, thank you, Lord. Every single one of us has got something to thank God for. Every single one of us. Lost weapon, praise. Praise is extremely important and a powerful weapon that will enable us to win battles. Guys, please learn this. When you're not doing well or you're coming up against something and you're not sure what it is, put a CD on. Begin to worship. Begin to lift your hands. Begin to jump around because no one can see you at home. And begin to worship. Lord, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I, I, I have to have you come and work in this situation for me. You hear rumors that are happening about you. Lord, please stop those rumors. Stop those things. They're not from you. In the name of Jesus. And begin to worship. You don't have to sing the songs, the, uh, the words of the songs. Begin to sing your own songs. Use the music that is going through your head. 
Psalm 149 and verses 6 to 9. I think this is the favorite praise song of all time. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. So obviously, yeah, in the New Testament, we're not fighting flesh and blood. So all these nobles and kings and principalities are the enemies of God. God is saying, take them on. If you're married, it's better to take them on with another person because the Bible says, one shall put a thousand to flight. Two shall put ten thousand to flight. Three will put a hundred thousand to flight. So can you imagine if there are ten people? Something over the years I've learned is people think praise is the first song. Do, 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 jump, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get into worship and say, oh. You know what? Praise is not louder and faster. Worship's not quieter and slower. But what we do need is for Jesus to be at the center of our worship. Lindy, I wonder if you guys could come up. And as as we worship today, I'm going to give... Back to Yohandre. Remember those weapons as we're singing today. Watch for them. Open your heart. Say, Lord, come inside of me. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, a living testimony, a consecrated life, Holy Spirit, prayer, praise. You can't do all of them. Do what God lays on your heart to do. Yes, Lord. And let's use this time as, 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 I'm all shook up, baby. I sound like Elvis Presley. That's my timeline. Be open to what God wants to do with you this morning. We've split this thing where we could praise and jump around and be excited, but now we want to give you an opportunity to respond to what we've heard in God's Word this morning. Open your hearts this morning. This is not just another worship time. This is an opportunity to respond to the Word of God. It's during this time... If you need to, you need, and you've got a, a word that you feel you, you need to share, it's when you come and uh, share with your Andre because uh, it's a time of response. What is worship? Worship is a response to the revelation of Jesus Christ. So let's do that. All right, guys, you can, you can stand. Um, just something I felt actually in prayer this morning was I was reminded of somebody once said, um, think of a Sunday meeting as a 
as a Sunday family lunch. Like your parents invite you and they say, hey, come over for Sunday. Um, you don't have to bring anything. Just come and have lunch with us. And, and I really just a sense this morning of this is exactly what this is. This is our family lunch today. And we've had the starters. We've had the mains. And now it's dessert time, like, and that's my favorite part of it. Like, actually now, we, at, when you're sitting at your parents' table on a Sunday, you don't have to be ashamed to go for seconds or to speak. It's, it's your parents' table, so you act as a son and a daughter. And I really felt this morning, just to even build on what Roland said now, like, in worship, like, come for seconds, come feast on the Lord, and, and whatever you battle, you're facing, like, when we at our parents' table, like, we've got to, we're allowed to speak. Somebody said over the weekend, Think of Italians at a dinner table, like they're all shouting and it's noisy and it's messy. So I want to invite you, come to the table, come get messy, um, yeah, and just come feast of what the Lord has.